Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, today we have Rick Brown, Mr. Maceman himself. And a uh, pleasure to have you, sir. Thanks for um, coming on the show and sharing with us. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So you are essentially the man who brought us Mace, right? I mean, I know uh, Mr. Jake Shannon uh, went went over to um, India, and he, he essentially brought it, but you became his student, and then you took it to a whole other level. I told him that this was something that I, I believed I could do and I could take to the world, and uh, he, with his blessing, I, I've been doing that. Nice. Yeah, and uh, definitely but the, the whole world. Like, you've traveled uh, almost everywhere, right? Everywhere except Latin America, which is a shame because I speak Spanish. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I was hoping that I could get a shot there. But, but you know, there, there's still a possibility. Why not? Is there just not a, a taking to it, uh, to, to Mace down there yet? Is that what it is? Uh, culturally, uh, there's still, not struggling, but they're still new with the kettlebell. Yeah. And uh, I a few successful kettlebell instructors that that uh, go to Argentina uh, and uh, Mexico City. Uh, I actually saw a, a guy today in um, in Brazil. So these things could happen. This this it's just a matter of time. Remember, right. six six seven years ago, I didn't even have a passport. I had never left the country, and I never needed to. <laughs> um, and it, this is all happening extremely fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually. Um, it is happening super fast. I just got into it myself just this past year, and I'm doing a podcast on it. That's how fast it's happening in my life. Um, See, and that's what's so exciting to me. It's for an old guy like me. Every day I wake up, uh, there's there's fifty to to seventy messages, uh, emails. And, and things are happening, and I just can't wait to see where this goes. Oh, yeah. And in your wildest imagination, where do you think it's going to go? Oh, that's a, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, if you'd have asked me that years ago, I would not have even said that uh, I would have swung a mace on the Great Wall of China like I did a few months ago. Right. But now that you know, the, the international travel has happened, I can see uh, international competitions Oh yeah, and, and I, I hope to establish some of that myself. Oh yeah, definitely. You you should be the one. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I support you on that one hundred percent. And I think uh, if that's what your endeavor is, you're you're gonna be able to accomplish that. There's a whole waiting community out there with the arms wide open, waiting for a mace. Uh, good positive things. Yeah. So either way, we all win. When the mace wins, we all win because we're. We're, we're coming at it from uh, different angles, but we all love the base. That's why uh, I always on my Instagram uh, hashtag MaceUnity because it doesn't matter to me if it's flow or if it's traditional or competition. It's a mace. Okay? Right. Right. So, yeah, what I wanted to ask you, I, I, you know, other podcasts like Steel Mace Warriors podcast, you were just on that recently. You, you got into the history of where the mace started um, and, and the whole the whole thing the past 10 years in the United States, right? You had that discussion. Right. I, I, I'd like to, I mean, if you, if you want to touch upon that, that's fine. But I feel like if people want to hear that part of it, they could tune into Steel Mace Warriors podcast and, and hear that. Um, I have a ton of other questions to ask you uh, just to get to know the man behind the mace, you know, uh, just like really things that 
are curious to me. Like, um, for example, um, when you were a kid, well, what kind of sports were you into if you were into anything? Was there any – what really led up to this now? Oh, good question. Yeah, I've always been athletically uh, inclined. That doesn't mean I was very athletic, but I've, I've always liked sports and uh, traditional sandlot sports growing up. When I got into high school, I, I focused on wrestling. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. That re- wrestling was was uh, you know m- my love, and uh, I did that for all my high school years and my junior high. Right. Yeah, and then uh, you got a little older, and then you got into traditional weightlifting, but you felt like you just couldn't keep up with that uh, level of training with the way your body was built, right? You know, I'm pretty tall, and I'm kind of stretched out, and uh, it was after high school, or during high school, even my my senior year, uh, you know, I, I weighed well over 200 pounds, but... It was just I was I I always looked thin and as as hard as I tried to work out, uh, I just never had that rounded uh, buffed look of bodybuilders and I and I went to Gold's gym I went to Bill, I trained at Bill Pearl's gym and he was a five time Mister Universe right and uh, I just people always said that <laughs> people used to always say that my physique looked like it was built by hard work and not by bodybuilding and I told them well for me. Lifting weights and bodybuilding is hard work. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm structured so that if I do a deep squat with even a, just a broomstick on my back, it's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, once you once you start adding plates to it, uh, it, it gets you know very very difficult. Uh, uh, flat bench presses for me, having long arms and a relatively flat chest, it just didn't work, and it caused more pain than it built muscle. Yeah. So, but yet it was. Um, avenue of developing myself. It was the only way I knew how, and and everybody was doing it. And uh, you know, this we're talking the late seventies. Um, Lou Ferrigno was becoming the Hulk, and uh, I, I actually got to to meet him well, yeah. right after he signed the Hulk, and we were the same height, so I had a billion questions for him. Uh, I think I bothered him actually, but he was a very good gentleman. Yeah. But. Um, uh, the bodybuilding didn't work for me, but I still, I still did it, uh, as, as long as I could until I found out about the, the beauty of strength and conditioning training. And that, uh, as, as hard as bodybuilding was for me, powerlifting was even more of a joke. Mm. Uh, there was just no, way I was going to, right. You know, remedial, uh, competitions with, with powerlifting. I just, as much as I loved it, as I absolutely love it. But it just wasn't a, it wasn't going to happen. But I still plugged away. I still worked out. When I found out about kettlebells, I, I, it's one of those things that uh, you know you see it on the internet, and I didn't have to. I didn't wonder if it was for me. I did not wonder. I knew immediately, having never touched a kettlebell, I knew that this was going to be something I was going to do, and not just do. Now, mind you, when I first picked up a kettlebell, there was no certification in the United States. Right. And, and there was no, this was 2004 and, uh, but I, I had, I had to get kettlebells. So I, I did what I could do to, to get the money to get kettlebells. And they, they had to be sent out from Minnesota. And then when they finally offered uh, certification, you had to go to Minnesota. No problem. I was going to do whatever it took. Yeah. 
and uh, through kettlebells and continuing to search the internet, I found out about heavy clubs and I love those. And then I found out about the bass and boy, you know, it was like, uh, I'm driving down the street thinking about the bass and this truck passes me up and on the back of it, it says, learn how to, how to uh, swing bass bells. Oh boy. Uh, like a lightning bolt. Yeah. Uh, I pulled the guy over and it was Jake Shannon. And I said, I, I've got, <laughs> I've got to learn this. I've got to learn this. And as fortune would have it, he lived two streets over from me. This is unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I'm not stupid. But I know when, when, when God sent me a message and that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and you know, what's incredible is that Jake uh, puts on his vehicle, learn how to swing mace bells. And back then, it must have been like the weirdest thing. For I mean, even nowadays, people wouldn't even know what that means, right? And for him to just be so bold and just throw it out there, like, how cool is that? It was it was so cool, and and uh, uh, it, it just hey, everything was aligned and it worked out. And and if I can say so modestly and, and humbly, uh, had he have ran into somebody else, they might not have taken the base. Uh, as far as I did. Yeah. And right. And I was ready for it and it was ready for me. I, I tell people, uh, I didn't choose the base. The base chose me. Yeah. And I really, I really feel that way. And you were coiled like a spring ready just to, just to let loose. And once you had well, that, it, it just took off. I was, you know, I was certified as a uh, kettlebell instructor in Southern California was a pretty dense area for kettlebell instructors. And I was, I was already fit almost 50. So I, I was kind of on the old end and yet nobody was doing the base. So it didn't matter. I was, I was the oldest base guy, but I was also the youngest base guy because I was the only base guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, it, it, it was very, very uh, fortuitous for me and for the base, I think. So, yeah. Uh, so Rick, your, your, the mindset there, I find interesting, you know, I'm, I'm 46 and I'm just getting into Mace myself. And I really, you know, I'm starting to teach people. I'm very passionate about it. Um, but a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, they get older, you know, they have their families and stuff. It's it, something new. Sometimes they don't, they say, ah, I'm too old for that. You know, the guys, some, some people, they get old before their time even. Right. You know, they're in their forties. They think, well, no, I'm, I'm too old to mess around with that. I have to be more, reasonable or something what was your mindset it was just like i'm turning over a new leaf here or you just well uh i come from a big family of, of uh, high achievers and i wasn't one of them uh no college and uh i thought okay this is something that i can do yeah uh, and i've always been passionate about working out and, and exercise and, and and i've never uh, really had a fear of public speaking so that that kind of help too some people are really good in the gym but you put them in front of 40 people and they freeze up yeah and that that hasn't been a problem with me i remember uh sitting in my living room with uh one mace and three kettlebells and uh my my wife told me she said if you think that you can turn that into a career i i'll i'll support you i'll back you 100 percent." and that was all i needed to hear um uh, my goodness, <laughs> I took off with it. Okay. It took yeah. some time to get it going, but if, if the first part 
uh, Fred, I, I drove anywhere I could drive to, to, and basically taught people for free. Yeah. Uh, open, open your gym doors to me and, and I, and I will, I will teach anyone I can, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it, it was it's it's been a good blessing it's been a it's been a wild ride and i know it's not even close to being over yet nah right yeah i mean you're you're gonna be uh probably traveling the world a lot more does your wife travel with you she she hasn't um she hasn't traveled uh i drove and at the time i did this i drove from los angeles to salinas california about a six hour drive uh i rented a van filled it full of maces and she did that drive with me uh, then and that was what everything I was doing, Fred, was just local Southern California right. between LA and LA and San Diego, LA and San Diego, which is where I live. I live right between LA and San Diego. Um, so then I, I my first plane trip with a you know four of the base was uh, to Albuquerque, and I felt like a super super success. Yeah. And there was a gym in Boston that was talking about having me out, talking about having me out. But I, they, it never happened, never materialized. Uh, believe me, in this business, you, everyone wants you, but nobody's, you know, I don't get excited until I see a plane ticket. Yeah. So, you know, so anyway, uh, I finally got to my first international uh, seminar in November of uh, 2015. I'd already been doing the Mesa a long time. I had already done uh, 20 uh, uh, seminars or so. And it was uh, to a really small city in Ireland. Now, when you fly to Ireland from Los Angeles, if you're not going to go nonstop, you stop in Boston. And so I stopped in Boston. I had a four-hour layover. I went to the gym. And uh, uh, the guy says, wow, you're in Boston. I said, and mind you, in Boston, there's a lot of Irish there. And I think the gym owner was Irish, actually. But I told him, I said, I'm just here on a layover. I'm actually going to Ireland. And I'm doing my, my seminar there. Yeah. And I've been back to Ireland a number of times since then. Uh, and, and also to uh, North Ireland, which, you know, is a completely different country, different uh, politics, yeah. uh, different uh, monetary system and everything. But to answer your question, my wife hasn't traveled to any of those places. Uh, but when she saw the films of Italy, boy, she, she, she sung a different tune. And she says, if I ever go back to Italy, uh, she's going with me. Yeah. She is going with me. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, that must have been an amazing uh, time in Italy. Oh, the the, the people are, are extremely friendly, and the food is is you're going to gain weight when you go to Italy. <laughs> Just prepare yourself. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, Ireland. Uh, I've never been there, but everybody tells me you got to go there. You got to go. To very friendly people. You must have had oh. a blast there, uh, especially doing what you do. You know what? When I, when I was doing this. Before I ever traveled, I would watch every YouTube video I could on anyone swinging a mace anywhere. And uh, I remember uh, watching, sitting on the couch with my wife watching YouTube, and we watched this uh, castle in, in, on a street in Ireland. And she goes, boy, wouldn't it be nice if you could get a, uh, a picture of you with a mace in front of that uh, castle? Well, yeah. I did that. I, I sent the picture home to her. I've, I've even posted it a few times. But it was a St. John's Castle in, in Limerick, Ireland. Nice. And uh, I've since been in, in front of a number of castles and, uh, uh, you know, and the Great Wall of China, which was a goal of mine. Yeah, so, that's amazing. But, yeah, if you've never been to Ireland, I, I, I'll i tell you what, Fred, I may retire there. It, oh, really? I like it that much. 
I like it that much. The weather is 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 not the best, you know, being that I've lived in Southern California all my life, but oh the people. Yeah. The real beauty of Ireland is the people. Yeah. Wow, that's that's very nice. Yeah, that's a good thing to say. Um that's exactly what I hear. You know, like you're gonna walk into Ireland and just feel like you're at home and they make you feel that way. I, I agree with that. I that was my experience every time I've been there. Yeah. And uh I've developed lifelong friendships with some of the most wonderful people on earth, uh, and, and most of them have Irish last names. So, so it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I never get enough of Ireland. Yeah. Now, are you traveling with any of your maces? No, uh, one base. Usually, usually one. Which one? Uh, and at first, at first, that slowed me down because, um, you know, okay. First of all, we negotiate, uh, you know, getting me to your gym. Then we do, then we have to we have to find out, and it's still a problem in some areas. Can you get enough maces? Well, now it's right. it's not that big a problem, uh, especially in Europe. They they have a lot of mace uh, uh, manufacturers, and it's becoming more accessible. But uh, I generally like to find the color of the gym, the, their main dominant uh, color, and I will have actually have a base made in that color and I'll leave it with the gym. Usually I do that. Oh, wow. So you have it made in the country that they're in and then. No. Oh, oh no. I, yeah. Let me, let me clarify that. There's, there's a Mesa. I live in Southern California and in Pasadena, there is a, a custom Mesa manufacturer, uh, evil monkey. Okay. Yeah. dot com, And they'll make it any length, size, color, uh, they do really good work, and I've, I've taken some of their maces uh, to Ireland, uh, different colored ones, uh, all the times that I've been there, and in other places. They're really good. Yeah, I was actually going to – I had that written down. Uh, what I wanted to ask you about them was if I if I were to call them up uh, for a custom mace, what would you recommend to me uh, to, to get from them? Good, good, really good question. That's a good question, and people need to know this. You're going to want – uh, you're going to, I would suggest getting a water fillable mace head and you have a choice of, uh, I think a six inch head or a 12 inch head. Listen for, for anybody, the six inch head is not going to be enough resistance after a while. So get the 12 inch head It's it's bigger, it's bulkier. Uh, and you can fill it with a lot more water. Obviously, interestingly enough, the mace is hardest to lift when it's halfway filled, even if it's heavier when it's full, uh, the slosh factor really is something that you have to get used to. Yeah. Um, and I would suggest uh, a handle at the length that you feel comfortable with. Again, if we're all swinging a 20 pound mace, the guy with the longest handle mace is doing the most work. And you know, I'm six, five. So I prefer a slightly longer handle anyway, but uh, I even had them make a seven foot mace for me. Uh, which was kind of a goofy thing to do because I have to stand on a box to use it. Yeah. But uh, I do have it. I have some seven, some six, and some five feet. You don't want to go anything uh, lower, uh, smaller than four and a half feet, you know, unless unless you're really tiny. But um, you need a 12-inch yeah, water-fillable mace head. Yeah. Uh, the advantage of that is that when there's no water in it, it's really light. The way they make them, they can come apart like a pool cue, so you can, and the head comes off, so you can fit it in a suitcase. That's how I got it. Oh. But I do also know people that have taken uh, uh, standard bases and they've they've checked them in, in 
in sleeping bags or things like that. Uh, uh, golf, uh, the, the golf carry. I don't golf, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but the, the people that carry their their golf clubs, they they put bases in them. So yeah, I'm I'm laughing because I um in my truck because I I train in different locations. I have a golf bag with. Uh, four 10 pounders, a seven pounder, and a couple of clubs. I'm just waiting for the bottom to blow out one day when I'm carrying it because it's it weighs like 60 pounds. But it, yeah. but it's the, one of the greatest things I can find to carry everything around. Yeah, I have I have a number of uh, Adex bases, uh, Adex www.adex.com, yeah. and and I like those because it's 30 pounds when it's fully loaded. Uh, it can break down to seven pounds and it can go up in two and a half pound increments from seven to to 30 pounds. There's even a, an add-on kit that will bring it to 50 pounds. Right. And that's the base that I keep in my car so that if I'm ever driving somewhere and I see something that, you know, I see a place I've got to get a picture of me swinging a base in front of or or I see somebody that can, you know, a contact, I, I have to pull a base out and talk to them, you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and you got every weight available to you for whatever you feel like doing right and thir- believe me 30 pounds is is enough for most people yeah uh, if you want to do it just once or twice well yeah, and you're really strong 30 pounds might not be enough but this this isn't powerlifting. Right. this isn't a one rep max sport this is a sport for repetitions and time and 30 pounds will hold in my opinion 90 percent of the athletic population for for their whole life you know, right. everyone's in a hurry to, to swing 50 pounds. And, you know, I was too, but I was younger then. And, and I still swing 50 and 60 pound bases, but you don't need to. You really don't. Uh, a, a 60 pound base is like a, a 500 pound bench press. Okay. There's people, yeah. There's people that can do it, but you don't have to do that. You can get all the benefits of a bench press with a much more moderate weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, whatever it is you're looking for, a calorie burn or aesthetics or or functionality, right. whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, you think that uh, like a forty pound mace is completely useless then, or? Oh no, not at all. I'm looking at one right now. I've got one on my patio, <laughs> and uh, uh, no, I, I like I I like forty pounds. I'm comfortable with it. And again, I'm I'm sixty one, so. So I know that the guys in their 30s should be playing with 40 pounds. Uh, I met a great guy in Canada. Some of you may know of, know of him. Uh, Frankenlegs is yeah. what he goes by. Now he that, that guy, he's he's doing 50 pounds with one arm. Yeah. Okay. So he's wild. Yeah, he, he's a, and he's a great guy too. He's a nice guy. And uh, so, yeah, if you, if you feel if you're young and you feel like like pushing it to the limit. Hey, go for it. Sure. Uh, I still do 60 pounds, um, but I do it a lot more judiciously than I did when I was younger. And, and uh, you know, because I got things to do. I got grandchildren to pick up. I can't, <laughs> I can't straight everything I have for some crazy uh, base, whereas I know with proper use of 30 pounds, I can get what I want. Yeah. There you go. That's nice. Yeah. Um, have you have you trained any um, – um, athletes with the mace like uh that do another sport or anything tennis players or anything like that well i i, I if we want to if we want to drop names <laughs> uh this wasn't with a mace guy i wish i was training this was when i was a kettlebell trainer uh i trained some some young guy who 
who uh, a young Brazilian kid who six months after training with me, he became the world Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. Uh, his name was Home Below Bahal. Some of you jiu-jitsu people might know who he is. But uh, fortunately, I got pictures of myself doing that and video of me training him. Most coordinated man I'd ever, I'd ever met in my life. But with the base, uh, let's say state and national champion wrestlers, uh, uh, world champion kettlebell lifters, male and female, Okay. Yeah. So those would be the athletes, and then and then on a less successful level, many many wrestlers, uh, high school, college, and, and and pretty much that's pretty much it as far as I can. Oh, one professional roller derby queen. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, she came to my seminar, and I and and for those of you who are who are thinking of teaching seminars, a little tip that I wish I would have known when I first got into this was. Uh, either have a, a paper for the people to fill out or just flat out ask everybody there, what's your athletic background? I came back from my first trip to Ireland and I found out that one of the guys that attended my uh, seminar and certification was a world champion Kung Fu guy. How, how was I to know? Yeah. You got to ask. So now I ask, yeah. now I ask if you've done anything, you know, if you've been a soap opera star, I want to know. Yeah. And, and uh, because that that exposes you to a whole new audience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And have you seen when you when you train these people uh, in the where, where, wherever it is they're, they're doing their sport, wrestling, whatever? Did you see a, a difference in how they performed in their sport after the mace training? Well, I, I can I can only tell you know by by following them uh, on social media, and, and most of them have have added the mace. It's not a standalone training tool, in my right. opinion. It's not a. It's not one tool does everything. It is one more arrow to add to your quiver. Most of the people that have trained with me, I tell them, uh, yes, there are things that you can use the mace for to train your legs. <laughs> Excuse me, but most of them are already training their legs. Yeah, right. I was, I was at a powerlifting gym nearby here in Brea, California. And the women there were squatting 400 pounds. And I was not so naive to stand in front of them and tell them that this 20-pound bar <laughs> is going to help them activate the, the deepest fibers in their quads. Yeah, they're, already, right. they're already squatting more than I can. So so what was that? You know, I tell them this this will do your upper back, your upper body, your shoulders, your grip, your core. Right. And, and that's what it really, really does well. Overhead rotational strength. There are some mace people that like to teach uh, specific lunges and squats and things like that, and that's fine. But for the most part, Fred, the people that I address, they're already squatting. Yeah. They're already, you know, using using uh, barbells for that. Yeah, yeah, and we all know that you know mace is excellent for shoulder mobility. And I mean, it's the one reason why I can move right now. I was so beat up when I started using mace, and it just freed me right up, like immediately. It's like a miracle. Uh, but people need to know that that 100 reps of a 360 with the moderate mace, it feels good. It's yes. not like a, it's not like 100 squats or 100 bench presses. It feels good. There's a warmth that comes over your upper back and your your trapezius and your shoulders. And yeah, you're tired, but it feels really it feels like a massage. It feels yes. great. Yes. And when you wake up the next day, you f you feel like you had a massage, like you're everything's just loose and, and subtle, or supple, whatever. And. Uh, really nice feeling, and you feel like you could just grab it again and, and go again. It's not like you need two days off or something. That's right. 
you know, it's low, low impact on your body. Well, now, when, when you train people, or what's the lightest uh, mace that you're going with? Are you using the 10-pound, or you don't? <laughs> well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, because when I got into this, I had one choice with the mace, 10 kilograms, 22 pounds. Right. And, and I stuck with that mace for, for years before I, I, I was able to get a heavier one. There were times when I would duct tape, and I don't recommend this, and I never did it with clients. I only did it for my own training. But I would duct tape 10, 10 and 20-pound plates to the mace uh, to make it heavier for myself. <laughs> now, now, of course, there's options with heavier maces. I start men off with 10 kilograms, you know, uh, 22 pounds. I start women off with half of that or more and i teach them uh the basic moves and i see how comfortable they feel with it i like to tell people don't raise the weight that you're comfortable with until you can do 100 reps don't say i could do i could do uh, 25 360s with uh, 20 pounds now i want to go for 35 pounds that's the quickest way for injury yeah right and, and also burnout stick with the mace for a long time and uh, with a particular weight when you can comfortably do 100 reps then it's time to, to bump it up to the next level. That's a good tip. I like that. Yeah, that's that's a good that's good advice. Uh, if um, how would you um, for like a one hour workout, what would you recommend that would look like if you have some kettlebells around and some, <laughs> some mace? Um, how, how do you feel about like ground based movement, like animal flow? Um, Reason why I'm asking is because I'm starting to see classes pop up: animal flow, mace, and kettlebell. That they seem right. like a pretty. I call that a that that would be a hybrid between the mace and something else. You've got people teaching steel mace yoga. You've got people teaching you know ground base uh, uh, mace and this, and that's all fine if somebody wants to do that. Uh, I'm generally just the mace and kettlebells yeah. and clubs. Um, uh, I love the Bulgarian bag. Uh, I don't teach it, but I love it. I've, I've gone to numerous, numerous workshops on it with some of the best there is out there. I think it goes hand in hand with the mace. And if somebody wanted to combine the two of those, uh, that's great. Uh, but basically for me, I combined uh, mace and kettlebell. Yeah. So if you did like a one hour class, you would do 30 minutes of mace and 30 minutes of kettlebell. Well, not including the warm up and cool down, but something like that. Yeah. If we were talking 60 minutes, I would, I would, you know, 10 minute warm up, 10 minute cool down. And uh, there's so many more things you can do with a kettlebell than you can with a mace. And again, this is my opinion, Fred. I do say at the start of all my seminars, uh, if you only have enough money to purchase one piece of equipment, for goodness sake, get a kettlebell. Yeah. One kettlebell for your whole body. Uh, what weight, though? If you're 35 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like to. I used to say when I was just a kettlebell instructor, I used to say I could make a, a college pro, uh, college linebacker uh, puke with a 35 pound kettlebell yeah. in 15 minutes or your money back. Nice. And uh, uh, it's true. If if you if you haven't lifted a kettlebell, 35 pounds of snatch, uh, snatches for 15 minutes will will we'll put you in the ICU. Yeah. It really will. Yeah. And and another thing with with the that's not so much with the mace, but with kettlebells. Uh, 15 minutes straight, your hands are torn up anyway. Most people don't have conditioned hands right. to, uh, you know, to, to snatch high repetition uh, snatches with a kettlebell. So, and you also you just mentioned the uh, Bulgarian bag. Yes. Um, what's the 
what can what's the difference between that and using a sandbag? Is there? <clears throat> oh, I've got the perfect answer. I wish I figured this out, but somebody else figured it out. I, and if I remembered who it was, I'd give them credit. The difference between a Bulgarian bag and a and a sandbag or a standard sandbag is very similar to the difference between a kettlebell and a dumbbell. And the difference is this. Anything you can do with a, with a dumbbell, you can do with a kettlebell. But there are things, because of the handle, there are things you can do with a kettlebell that you would not dream of doing with a dumbbell. Okay. You, with a kettlebell, you can snatch it overhead and open your hand. Don't do that with a dumbbell. Right. Uh, Turkish get-ups are a lot better with a kettlebell, a lot safer than, than with a... A, a dumbbell now with the bulgarian bag because of its crescent shape it leaves itself to spinning around your your body yeah a lot better uh it's very very simple to uh put a bulgarian bag on your shoulders and run up a flight of, of steps and when you get tired drop the bulgarian bag it's not going to bounce it's not going to roll it's going to stay where it lands and if by chance the bulgarian bag lands on your foot it won't even hurt yeah. Uh, a kettlebell will do damage. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so, but a Bulgarian bag is quiet, makes no noise. And, uh, you know, I'm Mr. Mace man, but had I have learned a Bulgarian bag first, who knows? Maybe uh, I'd be Mr. Bag man. I don't know. But no, I'm, I'm Mr. Mace man. <laughs> quite happy with it. Quite yeah, happy Mr. with that. Yeah, Mr. Bag man might not uh, ring yeah. off too well. Like, <laughs> I don't think my wife would let me say that. So. <laughs> It sounds like something that might be out of a Seinfeld episode or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you're using kettlebells to basically take care of your uh, posterior chain then. You're doing kettlebell swings regularly. and Swings and snatches, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I pref- I mean, I, I'm doing those now. Um, your, your buddy Ken is my coach, and, and uh, he has me doing those, which I love. But like today we trained. I did deadlifts, squats, and then I did the swings. Um, what do you? How do you feel about like barbell training, deadlifts, and things like that? Well, that was that was what started me in working out, and and I love it. Uh, I I'll always love uh, uh, heavy deadlifts. I actually enjoyed uh, clean and jerks and overhead snatches with a barbell. I just never was able to get, to get the tra- the coaching that uh, you know an Olympic lifter would would require. But it doesn't mean that I didn't do them and try them on my own. I've got, a, I think, a picture I put on on Instagram when I was 15 doing a, a barbell clean and jerk that uh, a couple hundred pounds. And I was only 15, but I really put my heart and soul into it, you know? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for barbell and, and training. Now, though, Fred, you know, I'm, I'm older. Time is of a priority with me. And uh, I like the fact that I, you know, because I've got a lot of bases, different sizes, all set up, yeah. and, and we've got a couple of addicts that I can break down really almost instantly. So I go in there, I've got my kettlebells, I've got my bases, and, and it's it's uh, a quick, uh, you know, it's it's no problem for me to do that. You know. Yeah, that's fantastic. You got it all laid out every day. You know what you're going to be doing, and it's all about the mace. I like. I, if I was to design a mace, I would design, you know, some of the maces have a round head. Some of that have a, a, an oblong uh, canister like cylinder. Uh, I just like a mace that stands up on its own. Right. But perfectly round mace, like the kind that uh, Evil Monkey makes, uh, they don't stand up on their own. They, they lean on the ground. And I like, I like standing around five different uh, size maces around me. And I go from one to the other to the other. And that's that's ideal. Not everybody has that setup. 
So if you only have one mace, I, I gear my teaching towards people who only have one mace because not everybody okay. has multiple kettlebells and multiple maces. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so you, um, the competition that you were speaking of, I, uh, you're, you're going to be doing it in Phoenix. Is that, um, Austin, Austin. That's right. And, uh, yeah, Austin, Texas. When, when is that coming up? Uh, October, I think. Okay. October or September. There's one in Virginia in September. Uh, I'm not affiliated with that. Uh, October in Austin. And, uh, but you know, they're, they're springing up all the, all the, uh, all the time now. And I want to say this to anybody who's thinking of, of having a, a competition. This sport is really new in America and, and, you know, the way we do it, it's, it's new around the world. And if you have access to a lot of maces enough for a competition and you want to change the rules, there, there's no set rules. Okay. If you want to play basketball, the, the, the rim is set at 10 feet. It's set at 10 feet in any country of the world. Well, things are a little, little different. And, and I'd like to see some changes in the mace world right now. The competition is five minutes. Um, I love the mace, but a lot, it's, it's, it's hard to get people to sit and watch uh, for five minutes straight. You know, kettlebell competition is 10 minutes. And, and kettlebell comp it's hard to make a kettlebell competition really profitable for anybody who runs it uh, because nobody wants to watch 10 minutes of people straining like that. What if we added more weight we went for one minute? What if we, as opposed to having a time limit, what if we had a rep limit and it was the first person to get to X number of reps? Um, I like that in Spain, they do a lot of one hand competition where, where they'll go from hand to hand or just all uh, like a 360 all with one hand. And, but they've taken it pretty far too. It's, it's as organized as they are. And they do uh, like a 30 minute marathon set. My goodness. Really? I love, I love the mace. I'm Mr. Mace man. But listen, after, after a few minutes, okay, I want to go watch sports center. I don't want to keep swinging a mace for a half hour. It's that simple. I got, you know, the dinner's on, it's time to do, to do other things. With, with all that being said right now, I think that the, the countries that are doing the most work with the mace and unfortunately it's not the United States. I wish it was, I'm an American. Uh, Hungary is doing incredible things with mace competition. Spain, as I mentioned earlier, uh, is is very organized, very organized with their competition. It's not the particular direction I would go in, but it's still organized. Yeah. And if I go to Spain, I will be more than happy to compete there under their rules and be happy as can be. Uh, Italy, also with my good friend Pierre Luigi Maro, is uh, is has organized competition that are very similar to what we have in America, five and 10 minute competitions. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens here in the United States. I mean, it seems like the United States always has to do things their own way. Right. So something's going to yeah. come up uh, right now. It's the wild, wild west. And we're arrogant, arrogant Americans. <laughs> we think we know everything. Right. Right. We're not I doing know. it the way they're doing it in Hungary. Nah, we're doing it our way. Like football, right? right? Football, I guess, used to be soccer at some point, and it kind of yeah, transformed, rugby. right? Yeah, football started from rugby, and, and, and that's that's another good point, Fred, because especially when I first started teaching and writing about the mace, people people said, well, you use maces made out of steel, 
and uh, the original maces were made of bamboo. Well, yeah, the original cars were made out of wood. The original airplanes were made out of wood, but we don't use those pretty much now. Right. And, you know, you can, you can go with the times. Another thing, I, I've been criticized uh, because I like maces with a, a, a ball or a pommel at the end of the handle. Oh, yeah. And the original maces didn't have that. But believe me, if you know how to use it, it's a good safety factor to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's why it's there, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if anything you could do to make the sport a little bit safer is always good. Why not? I mean, it's uh, that's what it's meant for, to, to help you, to make you healthier. So if you could prevent injuries and uh, maces slipping in. Any, anybody listening to this podcast, if you really want to push mace competition, it's really simple. I mean, get a few maces. Uh, de determine how long you want to do your set, make everybody on the same pretty much playing field. Everyone's going to swing a 20 pound mace for five minutes or 10 minutes or something like that. Here's how we are going to count a repetition, uh, you know, and, and decide on that and, and have at it. Yeah. Who say, who's to say that you won't develop an organization that will, that will surpass everybody else. We have up to now been waiting on a few organizations um, that have been, basically kettlebell organizations and the mace was an also ran um i i want someone who's who's just in love with the mace like me to push it yeah okay i still i still travel and teach and and, and write and stuff like that so i'm i'm not that uh enthusiastic about uh, being the the promoter of a competition but I just might. If, if it doesn't happen, I might have to step up and do it. Uh, yeah, right. Somebody's got to do it. But I like your message here. So what you're saying is local gym, USA, you got mace, throw a competition. Start right there at your gym. Start, come up with the rules that you want to come up with and go for it and promote it. And, and you know, the first one might be a little smaller and then maybe do another one six months later and, and keep rolling with it, right? Yeah, who's to say you can't do it? I mean, yeah. uh, there is no official governing body sanctioning authority. Right. No, no, no one's going to come in and arrest you and take all your maces and things like that. Um, not, they're not going to have to pry them from our cold, dead hands. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> you're right, right. <laughs> um, but j just do it. That's the only way the sport, I feel, is going to get popular. Those who are more interested in the in the mace flow and things like that, if they want to do a, that's very subjective. And if they want yeah. to do a competition like that, well, that's, I would feel would be a lot tougher, but who's to say they can't do it. You know, um, it would be subjective, like, like judging rhythmic gymnastics or something or like dance that. or something. Right. Who's yeah. to say who did it better. Right. And also when you do a subjective sport like that, human nature being what it is, uh, I think the way a person looks aesthetically would, would could mar the perception of what they do. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't, right. but I, I kind of like the, I, I like the, the base, the way it's, it's done. Now you get, you get the numbers you won. doesn't matter if you look ugly, if you're old and ugly, like I am, you got the numbers you won. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, competition, you have to have a way to measure. Um, you can't, it's not right. a fair competition, but yeah. Like with the dancing competitions, you're, you're right. It's subjective. They have judges up there. I know they're looking for certain points that the dancers are hitting or whatever. Maybe that's something they could do with a base flow competition, but it's not quite the same like what you're talking about. 
Right. I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't do the flow myself. I've got nothing against it. It's just, but I'll tell you this. When I was, a, uh, and this goes back to barbell training, but when I was a skinny, insecure kid, uh, a teenager, and I first walked by a gym, it wasn't the flow. Yeah. I wanted to be big and strong. Yeah. I right. wanted to be, I wanted to be able to demonstrate strength mm -hmm. and, and I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't to, to look pretty. Right. right. That, that wasn't my goal. Nothing against that. If, if that's what somebody wants to do. Right. And again, again, Fred, in my opinion, that group is growing quicker than the traditional group. Yeah. It, it's mesmerizing. You know, people could get uh, brought into it and, um, we, we I did a podcast earlier uh, with uh, Steel Mace Oklahoma, and uh, she, you know she looks great with her her flow and everything, and <coughs> she's seeing um, couples coming in and they're like kind of bonding with with flow, you know. So it, it's it's actually transcending into other things in life besides just the the actual functional movement. That's I think why right. it's so popular yeah. like that. Yeah, who, who knows where that's going to go with couples and things like that. But uh, <laughs> Right. Uh, the sky is the limit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll stick with what's what has worked for me, what is traditional, what I like, and what excites me. And, and, and that's what I talk about. That's what that's what I promote. Yeah, you do you. You do you. That's that's what we want to say. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was I was on the beach, uh, Muscle Beach, uh, Saturday. Uh, we were celebrating and commemorating our sixth years of, of, of my very first uh, MACE seminar to the public. I had been already training private clients for years, but but I met up with a few people and we said, hey, let's 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 do something, you know, for the public. And it, it was uh, last Saturday was the six year anniversary. So we planned, let's go to Muscle Beach and, and, and let's take the Maces out, out by the shore and see what we can do. And we got great footage, great, great pictures. But what? was so impressive was the people that had come up to me during the time having never seen a mace before they wanted to know what it is they wanted to to, to see if they could do it and, and i had really light maces there as well and i was able to show people and, and demonstrate and have them do it some basic basic work with the mace and say, you know venice beach uh, muscle beach everyone there nobody lives there everybody's a visitor and and there were visitors from other countries there was even a family from uh, india they knew exactly what i was doing there you and go. they commented on it. they all took out their cell phones and they're filming me and they're going to take those things back and 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 look for someone who could teach them the mace in, in their countries oh no kidding yeah look at that they so they leave their country come here see you <laughs> get inspired to go back to their country and and do the thing that originated from that. that's it's amazing yeah that was that was the family from india but there i i trained a, a family a woman and her children from mexico city and uh, uh she's gonna go back to mexico city and uh you know look and see uh if she can find a some mace instruction there and I'm, I'm looking through everything i have to see what i can send her um you know i i wrote a little booklet i i send that out to anybody who's interested in the mace that'll help you out yeah, that's uh, the uh, PDF that you send out, right? Right, yeah. You can share that with any of the listeners. That's excellent, by the way. You sent that to me, and I read it, and great, great information in there. Um, how do people get that from you? Uh, well, they, if you want to offer if – you, if you want to send a link to it, feel free to send it, or they can, they can uh, contact me on Instagram or uh, Facebook, Rick Brown on Facebook. R-I-K. It's got to be R-I-K. If you go R-I-C-K, it's some rapper in London. Right. It's not me. Uh, I follow him, by the way. 
<laughs> oh, good. <laughs> on, on Instagram, uh, it's at Mr. Maceman. Send me a direct message and, and, and I'll send you the link to the PDF. I wrote that years ago when there was, I wrote it because there was nothing in print yeah. on the link. And uh, so I, I wanted you know, to introduce people to it. And it needs to be updated. It really does. And, and I have thousands of pictures I can add to it and video footage. Um, I really do need to to update it, but it it, uh, it serves a purpose for now. It introduces people to the mace. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's, I, it was the best I could do at the time. Well, you, you wrote that yourself? I wrote it, yeah. It, it because... Uh, the, the reason I'm always fascinated, like what you do is you do steel mace, but I'm always fascinated when I read something that's well written like that. And I'm like, you wrote that? Like, how do you do that too? It's, uh, uh, you know, very good well, writing. Listen, another tip for, for young business people, uh, use, use whatever connections you have. Uh, again, I told you, I come from a, a big family of achievers. I have a sister who has a master's, uh, degree in, in English literature and, okay. and in grammar yeah. and all that stuff. And so everything I write, she, I proof, I send to her, yeah. she proofreads it. And uh, so that helped me with that. Yeah. That's a good um, point. You should always have somebody proofread your stuff, no matter how good you think it is. You're right. You know, I, I wrote an article about two upcoming base trainers once and I, I sent it to the editor and for some reason the editor uh, wrote it in the uh, what? What is it? First person. So when I was saying this competitor will do this and this in the coming year, when it was when it came out online, it was I will be doing this and this, and it made the it made the athletes look arrogant. Yeah, and, and presumptuous, and and boy, I I got all over the editor for that, but it was too late to, to fix it, you know. But so yeah, if you can proofread something, get somebody to proofread. It is well worth your your time and and uh, and effort to do that and money if you have to pay. If you, have, you pretty much have to pay for people to do stuff in, in, yeah. in less than members. Yeah, right. And, and it was my sister who 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 does those things for me, and I'm grateful. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So that, that, Rick, that's great. You gave us a little business tip there, and then we strolled down memory lane a little bit and talked about the base and. <laughs> And, and congratulations on your six-year anniversary there uh, with your seminars. Uh, many more to come. I know I missed you uh, when you came to New Jersey, but uh, one of these days uh, I'll maybe I'll appear somewhere, and you're just gonna be like, "Where did this guy come from?" But you know, I hope to uh, meet you in person and take one of your classes. It'll be really. I cool. absolutely hope, hope so. Um, I've been to Jersey three times. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I, I, that might be, you know. Three too many. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> according to some people, right? <laughs> but this is a very exciting world that is growing very fast, and there will be seminars and workshops and certifications, not just by me, but by many people, in the coming years. Yeah. And um, that's what excites me. That's what makes me look forward to getting up every day, seeing who's going to take this. Uh, and, and take it farther than I have, uh, but I'm, I'm not done. I'm definitely not done. Yeah, good. Good to hear. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, that's how people can reach you on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, anything yes. anything coming up that you need to tell us about that you want us to be cognizant of? Uh, I've got, a, I've got a, a lot of things that uh, I put everything I could into last Saturday, right? I said I was take a, going to take a week rest. I'm not done myself with, you know, I still take seminars and I still take certifications 
and because I'm always trying to improve myself. So I've got a few things coming up that I'm going to be the student, oh. not the teacher, but a few things I'm going to be the student. Uh, I still do that. And uh, like I said, I, I've taken a number of Bulgarian bag uh, uh, things because I really like it. And, and I believe that if, if, if you want to learn something, you know, get get professional instruction. It's, Absolutely. It's definitely, what, what else are you going to spend your money on? Uh, cigarettes and beer? No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> right, right. You, you can walk into any gym and tell who's taking instruction and who hasn't and who's paid for it. Yep. And, Yep. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm getting into training myself, but I've used trainers for decades, you know, for almost 30 years now. Right from the beginning when I first started working out, a skinny little kid, right right on through. Um, and like you said, the money spent, it's amazing how people will complain about how much a trainer costs. And yet you'll see what they spend their money on on a daily, like a $5 cup of coffee or whatever. And that and that's not a problem. And they don't realize you know what it costs for an hour of, of of quality training from somebody who could teach them something that carry with them for the rest of their life. It's amazing, and not, not, and not just carry with them for the rest of their life, but pass on to generations Boom. after them. Yep. If you have children, I've got nine grandkids. Okay, wow, that's um, it. <laughs> yeah, one of them's going to swing a mace. I don't know which one it'll be uh, Better. first, but uh, yeah, I've, I've got I've got a little tribe, yeah. and. Uh, so you want to be able to pass on something to them, yeah. learn correctly. The the biggest, as far as hiring a trainer, the biggest thing you're going to get from it is not that you're going to learn to do it better than other people, but you will avoid a lot of mistakes. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. And you, you will avoid uh, that trainer had to go through the hard hard lessons and he can save you. He or she can save you a lot of uh, pain and suffering. Yeah. You're actually, uh, you think you're, you're being frugal with your dollar doing it yourself or learning from a YouTube video, but you're actually going to waste money because when you finally realize you need professional training, uh, they're going to have to undo all your, your butt fungled mistakes that you started with, get that, you know, break it back down and then start you over again. And it's going to, you're going to need to spend more money on training anyway. So why not just do it right from the beginning? And, and think about this. We live in a country in which people, for the most part, have some degree of disposable income. Yeah. Uh, and why not pamper yourself with, with uh, le- lessons from an expert? Listen, I love basketball. I've always loved it. And if I could have afforded to have Kobe Bryant train me in basketball, don't you think I would have done it? Uh, why not learn from him? I learned basketball from a high school basketball coach. He was well-meaning, but he wasn't Kobe Bryant. Okay. <laughs> and uh, – uh, if, if, if you have somebody who's, who's fallen in love with a particular modality of training, as I have with the mace, as others, as others have with uh, kettlebells and Bulgarian bag, my goodness, uh, rent a piece of their brain for a, an hour or, or a week or so. Ah, key. That's key right there, what you just said. Um, when they show that they have a love, a passion. So it's not just somebody being a robot, like, okay, do this, do that. Somebody's really going to sink their teeth into it and deliver their passion and energy along with the instructions. The passion and energy, uh, it makes its presence felt. Uh, I don't call myself Mr. Mace Man because I'm the best at swinging a mace. I'm, I'm pretty good, but there are betters. But nobody, Fred, nobody loves it more than me. Yeah. And I will fight to the death to prove that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what we all know you for. That's it right there. Good for you. 
All right, Rick. Well, look, I appreciate that. Um, and and again, thanks so much for uh, coming on uh, Steel Mace Nation and sharing with us. I hope uh, we get to meet up one day in person um, or at least have you come back on the podcast. If you ever have anything going on you want to talk about, uh, let me know, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, do that. I, as it is, whatever upcoming seminar I have, I, I post it. Uh, uh, I'm doing a, I am doing one in August with uh, at Long Beach Kettlebell Club. It'll be an uh, unconventional athlete seminar, which is mace, Bulgarian bag, and kettlebells. I'm teaching the mace, and my good friend, the owner of Long Beach Kettlebell Club, uh, Eric Doyle is teaching the Bulgarian bag and kettlebells, and he's and he's excellent at, at that. Mm. And uh, he was with me also Saturday at the beach in Venice Beach, and he's he's a great trainer. That will be in in uh, August. And uh, do you know the date? What's that? You know what date? Uh, right off the right off the bat, I don't. Right. I'll send it to you, and you you can um, I'll send you the link, and you can do what you wish with that. Okay. Promote that. Yeah. Want, okay? Yeah. Let's do that. That'll be great. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. I certainly will, and you too. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.